Seeker Star! Hello. And welcome back to Seeker Start. My name is Grant. And my name is Josiah. <laughs> oh my. I hey, got questions. What's your questions? It's not a it's it's not Okay. I have thoughts. Oh my gosh. Get your get your mind right, Grant. Here's my first thought. I just need to clear this. Okay. I think we need to change our intro to the show. I think it and I just thought about this. I don't think anyone else has done this yet. But let's just get a compilation of a bunch of pastors talking and just get clips of them and piece them all together and make them as our intro. I mean, no one else is really doing that right now. Second thought. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Second thought. Yeah. Okay. We need to get into the NFT game. Have you done any research on NFTs? No. All right. So I remember we we have an unreleased podcast where we talked a lot about Bitcoin. Oh, and, how and much? Oh, so cryptocurrency. You're talking about the stuff that's worth, like random stuff is worth. It's it's not random stuff. It's like a baseball card. It's kind of. It's like art. It's just like digitally curated art. So I I followed the rabbit trail. I first found a podcast that's called like NFTs Made Simple. Because I just kept hearing it getting talked about NFTs. I'm like, what's going on? Like, I want to stay in the loop. And so I looked it up, and it's basically art that people are buying online, and they they own it, but digitally. So it's not like you got all these Van Gogh paintings, and people are bidding on them. It's just, like, random. Digital stuff? Yeah, so people will go on, like, Photoshop, and one of the biggest ones, it's, like, the same template of a like a an ape but with like different outfits on and people are buying it for like oh my millions. gosh okay 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 i know exactly what you're talking about yeah now that you said that because there's this nba one okay the nba i guess it's like licensed by the nba they sell moments so like lebron james in the finals versus golden state warriors the down with block. the chase down block that's uh, worth like a ton, and, and they only have one. It's literally like a video clip, yeah, of it, and you can buy or you can buy it for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. See, I don't understand. It's insane. That, I don't it's understand. The stupidest though. thing. I ever. can go on YouTube exactly, and I can screen record it. Yeah, but you don't own it. It's not your moment. That's that's someone's moment. They own that moment. It was LeBron's. He owns it, and Andre Iguodala for that matter. <laughs> he was owned in it, Ooh. but it's like. I, I guess I don't get it. And I found out too. Keanu Reeves, not a fan, not a fan of NFTs. He's not. No. Why? Because he thinks art should be they're like stupid. <laughs> yeah, basically, that's hey, what he said. He's like, art should be people like people are finding ways to make money. Like art should be enjoyed. Yeah, I don't. I just don't get it. It's like I blame COVID and Biden. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, just like everything else. But it's, I don't know. And I had one more thought, and... Uh, Hopefully that thought has slipped your mind. I'm pretty sure it has. I was thinking about it when I was doing... When I was working today. Okay. Work, but what was it? I don't know. Well, we'll wait for it. Ooh, <laughs> you are gross for that. All right, well, that was uh, the flawless... Flawless segue. Flawless segue into... 
our topic today. Which is what, Grant? It is waiting on the Lord. Yeah, this is a, a topic that that personally has been really awesome to me lately. I've uh I've had to do a lot of waiting on the Lord. Um there's been uh just a lot of things. I won't get into, you know, any details because why would anyone want to be too personal on a podcast? Why would anyone want to listen to your life anyway? No, that's true. Um, so I'll spare you those details, <clears throat> but I've had, I've had a lot of, uh, of thinking to do about a lot of things. And this has been, this was something that has been so comforting to me. And I really think that that's my, I, I want people to hear this. I want people to know this. Um, because I think when we say waiting on the Lord, most people have no idea what that means. I feel like it's commonly said, um, it's There's songs very, about it. Yeah. I will wait for you. I would sing the next part, but I'm just not going to because I can't sing that Surely one. wait for you. No, but... I was going to do the low harmony. <laughs> but go ahead. You, you were saying something. Um, no, yeah, that is... And that's a song that's actually like comforted me no, a lot it's, because it's, awesome. it's, it's such a... The Gettys, right? Shane and Shane. No. That's I'm saying the Shane and Shane one. Oh, for me. I think the Gettys wrote that. They write everything. He's gonna look it up. Of course. But you know, I think this is something that as we're as we learn about this, it actually does affect the way that we can actually worship. And I and I hope that as we're doing these different topics, you know, about who God is and things like that, we can actually see these worship songs that we're singing on Sunday and understand what they're talking about. And I think that's that's a greater. What'd you find it? Yeah, is Getty written by Jordan Coughlin, mm-hmm. Keith Getty, mm-hmm. Matt Merker, okay. Stuart Townend, produced by the Gettys. Exactly the Gettys. Um, but you know, I think when we the more we learn about who God is, the the more we can worship Him for who He is. You know, yeah. like we actually want to sing songs about it. Yeah, um, and I think. There's nothing more comforting to the Christian than knowing who God is. And then we can actually, um, as we'll see here, know why we should wait for him and why it's the only option. You know, it's, yeah. the, it's the greatest thing we can do. So we're going to get right into this. What what our plan is for this podcast is we're going to just read a, a lot of scriptures. And whether you're driving or listening to this at the gym or wherever at work maybe you're just in the house mopping hopefully someone's mopping as i'm saying this and you're like wow i'm literally mopping that's right me. now yeah cuz you're not vacuuming cuz you wouldn't be able to hear this if you're vacuuming right. it's just that's well that was it's logical too it's too hard so we uh we hope that this time for you is edifying that it builds you up that you that you hear the truth of this of the word of god and that your soul is lifted up by what is being said in the word we're gonna we're gonna start with the Psalms and David and the the other Psalm authors specifically David though is loves to talk about waiting on the Lord yeah loves it like that's that's one of his major themes as the Psalms go on and so we picked out a couple of really detailed Psalms that talk about waiting on the Lord so Psalm twenty five one through three is the first one we got it says this to you O Lord I lift up my soul. Oh my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. 
Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. I love that. None who wait for the Lord shall be put to shame. Yeah. Who, if you wait for the Lord, will you be put to shame? No. Will he not arrive? Will he not do what he said? Yeah, he will keep his promises. That's right. And so we can wait for him. The next one. Psalm 27, 7 through 14 says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. I love that emphasis yeah. in that last verse. And it's it's awesome to see, you know, God says this. He says, seek my face. And then David says, your face, Lord, do I seek. And then he prays and asks God, hide not your face from me. And then at the end, we see that he believes. So it's not, it's not as if he's praying because God's not willing to show David the intimate parts of his character, yeah. right? When he says, seek my face, he's talking about knowing God intimately. You know, yeah. I want to have a closer, more personal relationship with you. Hide not your face from me. But he says in the end, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. You know. Yeah, and, and in that verse 13, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord. It's not like this, okay, like I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for the Lord, but I'm I'm a little anxious about it because I just you know I'm not sure if he's gonna pull through or not. It's like, no, I shall believe that I I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord. So it's like he's he's seeking his face and focusing on the goodness of the Lord, that he's going to keep his promises, that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. Right, and he doesn't say, I believe that I shall look upon the the wrath of the Lord in the land of the living. Like, he's he's not expecting God to be wrathful. He's yeah. expecting God to keep his promise to him. Yeah. You know? Um, and ultimately, that promise was the coming king, the king that would be from the, the household of David, right? Yeah. You know? It's ultimately the prophecy and the promise that was given to David is Christ. And so David, David was banking on God, keeping his word. Mm-hmm. And he says to wait yeah, and uh, to take, to take courage. Um, Psalm 62, five, eight to build on this says this for God alone. Oh, my soul wait in silence for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times. O people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. He is the rock. He is our salvation. He is our fortress. 
and he says, we will not be shaken. He says, our, our salvation rests on God, and, and he is our glory. And, we, and our salvation comes from God, the mighty rock. He is our refuge. You know, someone to, he's, he's who we go to to hide. Yeah. He's who we should always be hiding in. Mm-hmm. Because on our own strength, we cannot do any of this. We cannot succeed in the Christian life. We cannot ultimately have salvation apart from God, who is our salvation. Well, in, in verse 6, it says, He only is my rock right. and my salvation. Our our rock and salvation doesn't come from, you know, a job or a relationship or good deeds or whatever. Like, your rock and salvation can only come from Him, from God. That's right, and I, and I think that, you, you're hitting on something that I think most of us maybe don't think about very often. You know, we are always, <clears throat> even those those of us who are really truly about the Christian faith, you know, not just someone that goes to church every Sunday, but someone that truly loves God and they want to obey God, they want to live for Him. And <clears throat> we find ourselves sometimes failing at that. You know, we find ourselves falling in different areas. And sometimes I feel like we can think that some in some way our salvation depends on us yeah because like if you're going through a hard time and you feel like man what what can i do well i feel like i'm not close to god right now mm. like he's far away uh, maybe god is and this isn't what we'll say but maybe god has given up on me mm. and we won't say that with our mouth but yeah. we'll feel it oh, and yeah. then we'll try to to react to that that feeling that we have of I need to do something to fix this. Yeah, maybe I'm not doing enough. Exactly. And so we, all of a sudden, it turns from God being our only rock, our only salvation, to God is our salvation. He saved me, but now I've screwed it up, and I have to fix this. Mm. And how am I going to do it? Well, I'm going to do the Christian things that we're supposed to do. I'm going to go to church and... I'm going to pray, and I'm going to read my Bible. And you don't do that when you're thinking like that. You don't do that with the the idea that I'm saved and I need to continue seeking the face of God. Yeah. You do that thinking, I'm going to do this, and it's going to fix my problems. Yeah, it becomes, it's gonna, it becomes this, this uh, checklist mentality of like, okay, if I, start, if I start knocking these things out and start really hitting on them, then, then I'm going to be right back on track. Right. And so I think... We have to be really careful when we talk about our salvation. It is God. Yeah. And the mercy of God and the grace of God, by definition, are not earned. Right. Right? We didn't do anything to to go to heaven, mm-hmm. and we didn't do anything good to not deserve hell. Mm. We deserve hell, and we don't deserve heaven, but through Christ, we are given the opposite of what we deserve, and it's all mercy, and it's all grace— and we didn't earn it, any of it. Right. We didn't do any of it. Our salvation has never come from us. It's always come from God. Yeah. And so... We're, we're incapable of doing it even if we could. Right. And so what we didn't earn, we can't lose. That's, I think that's basic logic. You know, if we didn't earn salvation, then we can't lose it. I'm going to put it on a t-shirt. I don't know why. I'm gonna wear I mean, it. I'd be... I'm going to wear it every day. I mean... That's good to remember, at least. I'm going to have your name on the back. Why? Because you just said it. 
I'm sure other people have said something like that. No, first time ever. Oh my gosh. So we'll continue. Isaiah 40, 21 through 31. And this is, I really love how God, he doesn't just say, wait on me or wait, wait for me. With no like rationale behind it. Yeah. He doesn't just tell us to do something and then not give us a reason why we should, you know, he shows us who he is and that is the basis for which we should wait for him. Yeah. And so it says this, and this is a longer passage, but just, just hear these words, hear who God is in this and see why we should wait for him. It says this, Isaiah 40, 21 through 31. Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. It's talking about us. Who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in. Who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth. And when he blows on them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me that I should be like him, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even you shall faint and be weary. And young men shall fall exhausted. Listen. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I love that. You see who God is there. Like, it is so plain. Yeah. He is the mighty one. Yeah. He shows himself in that passage as the creator, the sustainer, the promise keeper. The mighty one. The the one whose who's understanding is unsearchable. The one who gives power to the faint. You know, to the to the lowly, to the ones who know they need a help. Yeah. You know, the, the humble ones. And that's what very consistent in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> the Lord gives grace to the humble, but he re- rejects the proud. Yeah. It's very clear in the scriptures. But we see he, those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up with wings like eagles. You know, that's a it's a parallel from those who don't. And it's in very clearly verse 30 says even the youth shall faint. He's talking everyone grows faint. Yeah. You know, but those who wait for the Lord because they know there's no one else to turn to. There's no one else that they can get strength from. Mm-hmm. And it's talking about spiritual strength. And I'm sure there's other implications too, but it's a it's a deep rooted strength and confidence, yeah. right? That that God gives those who wait for Him. Yeah, if you if you have this constant just waiting on the Lord instead of trying to take matters into your own hands, I mean, don't get me wrong. The Lord has given us commands that that we must things that we must do laid out in Scripture, but 
once we try to take matters into our own hands, then yes, we become faint and weary. But for those who wait on the Lord, they right. can run and not be weary. Right. Amen. You know, so I think we can only wait on the Lord if if we know these vital truths about who he is, yeah. right? Like, and as, as this passage shows, he's sovereign over all things. Mm. He will never break a promise to us. Right. We know that from, from the scriptures. We've, mm. We can see that very clearly. And we can wait on the Lord because what the Lord says actually happens. Yeah. It always does. Even if we don't feel like it in the moment, our waiting on the Lord should be directly and is directly rooted in who he is and the reality that God has made very specific promises that, that relies solely on his power, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like, he makes promises to us that there's no way we could ever do it on our own. Yeah. Like, he makes promises to us, and then those promises rely solely on his power and promise-keeping ability for them to come to pass. Yeah. Yeah, and I know I, I basically just said this, but if our waiting is rooted in us, in our own abilities, in our own strengths, then we're going to grow very impatient very fast yeah i mean weary yeah i mean from my own experience it's like oh you know this that and the other is happening what should i do about it and then you just run circles in your head and you're like i got nothing you know and that doesn't mean like in very very obviously it doesn't mean like just don't do anything with your life or you know and some people might take this super literally to mean Mm. like Oh well, there's no food on the table. I better wait on the Lord. Well, no, the, <laughs> the scriptures say to, to work. I and better that, wait for Jesus to send me a DoorDash. Right. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. No, we gotta. The Bible's very clear too, and so we have to read Scripture in its in its full context. Yeah. Like we can't just say, "Oh, wait on the Lord," and then always do nothing. You're right. Right. But no, this is very specifically talking about <laughs> waiting on the Lord. For, for our hope, for our salvation, mm-hmm. right? Um, and for our strength. And there's Grant Stryer. <laughs> Towel's done. Towel's are done, son. But God always keeps his word, and so his promises are what we trust in. And because his promises are rooted in who he is, he, he doesn't promise something that's outside of his character. Yeah. You know, his promises are rooted in his love, his, his wrath. You know, the Bible has promises about what happens when people oh, yeah. reject God, yeah. you know? All of his promises are rooted in who God is. Mm. Um, and so we want to look at some of the promises of God that you can trust in, that you, whatever spot in life you are, you know, wh- whether you're struggling with um, addiction or whether you're struggling with not liking church or mm. not really um, knowing what to do with your life, mm. you know, there are there are a million different variables in everyday life for people. You know? Yeah. We're all dealing with different things. Um, and, and this also goes, and for those who are waiting on trying to find someone to marry, you know, there's yeah. a lot of people that they want to marry someone. They, they have to have a wife. They have to have a husband. And that's a good desire. And people really, really struggle with that, especially, you know, in the Instagram era where mm. if you don't have this and this and this, you're not a cool person. Yeah. Those are those are things where we need to to trust in God. We need yeah. to wait on the Lord, and those are so important. But here are some promises that should be foundational in our hearts as Christians. Yeah. Number one, God promises 
that those that trust in Christ will be saved. Now, I don't want you to hear that and say, I know that. Never do that. Yeah. Hear, hear the word of God and then, and then understand that this is true and re, relive the first time you heard that. Like, think back to when you first heard that Jesus saves and understood it, and then it blew your, your mind. Yeah. Think about this again as we read. Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. If you trust in Christ, you will be saved. And... That is that is something that we have to come back to again and again. Trust in Christ and you are saved. Believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead and you will be saved. Yeah, and that's that's never something we can grow out of. That's that's never something like you were saying earlier that that we hear and we just go, "Oh yeah, of course." Yeah, duh. You talk about waiting. All of the Old Testament was waiting for Christ. Yeah. We're talking about hundreds, if not thousands, thousands of years. Yeah. Waiting for Christ. Mm -hmm. Since God promised in Genesis chapter three that Christ was going to come and crush the head of the serpent, then they were waiting for something to happen. They didn't know what it was. They didn't know it was going to be God in in flesh, Mm -hmm. right? They didn't know that. But Christ was the the fulfillment of prophecy. Yeah, they were waiting on... Something. I mean, since the very first people ever, it's been waiting ever since then up to, you know, when we get to the Gospels, you know? Right. That's a lot of waiting. Yeah. And so I guess in a way, all of human history is waiting. And even yeah. now we're waiting. Mm-hmm. We're waiting in our in our lives. Yeah. Not, not just for the everyday things, the, the really important things life moments to happen, you know, whether that's marriage or kids or whatever the case may be. Yeah. It's not, we're Graduation. waiting, we're waiting. Uh, <clears throat> sore subject. Mm. But, uh, we're waiting for Christ to come back too. you yeah. know, and that's something we're about to get into. Um, but the next promise that I think you need to hear and we all need to hear as Christians is that God promised that he will finish what he started in us. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and the and the passage for that is Philippians one six and it says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Mm. Mm. Gosh, I love that passage. Dude. I do too. That is that is something to have hope in. <clears throat> yeah. And I think when we say waiting, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that I remember studying this. Waiting and hoping are the, are synonyms. You know, we're waiting on the Lord. We're hoping in the Lord. Yeah. Those are synonyms. Those are, those are, <laughs> you, that's literally what waiting is. Yeah. You know, you're hoping and trusting in the Lord to do what he's promised. And this is one of the best promises we could read in the scriptures. Oh yeah. <laughs> no matter where you're at as a Christian, if you have confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, not just your head, not just I go to church, not just I do this and this and this and you mm-hmm. think you're saved. No, you you trust in the Lord and you've repented of your sins. You are pursuing God, even though you struggle and you fall at times. That even when you're in your darkest moment as a Christian, 
you can hold to this promise that if he began a good work in you, which a good work is talking about the work that begins when you trust in Christ, Mm -hmm. that when you trust in Christ, that good work has begun. And if that good work has begun, God will bring it to completion. Yeah. He's not going to, not just that, not just bring it to completion, but bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That's talking about when he comes back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like when you get saved, you, you get saved and you're excited and you know, whatever. And then God provides and all these great things and all this, all these things are happening. He's not going to bring you so far just to be like, okay, your turn. Now now you got to go from here. You know, he's, he's never going to do that. He's going to continue to work in you. That's right. Yeah. And he's not, God's not like a human being that starts something and then sees how hard it's going to be and then says, Oh, I think I'm going to choose a different path. Like gets halfway through chapter one and then quits reading the book, reads the intro and puts it aside. I know. Says me easy. Gosh, same. That's me. Um, but he doesn't start something and then throw it to the side whenever it gets too hard. Right. When you go through a hard time, that's when God's power is made most evident. Yeah. And that's what the, in in our weaknesses, God's power is, is amplified and magnified. Mm -hmm. And so, God is not intimidated by anyone, you know, like there's, you know, I hear some people say, you know, I've, I've actually talked to a few people that have told me as I'm trying to, to witness to them the gospel that I'm, I'm too bad. You know, I'm, I'm too far gone. Mm -hmm. God can't save me. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you, who do you think, who do you think you are, bro? If you knew the things I did. Yeah. And it's like, okay. You don't know the Bible if you think that because you should read who Saul was. Yeah. He when he says he's the chief of sinners, he literally might be the chief of sinners. Literally out he, here slaughtering. Yeah. He was fiercely breathing violence against the Christians. Yeah. And stomping them out until Jesus Spartan kicked him off a horse well, and sealed his eyes shut. Even David. Look through David in the whole account with Bathsheba. It's like you sent this woman's man to the front lines so that he would die. No, no, no. Before that, though, oh yeah, he slept with he slept with her. Brought yeah. him back. Said, "Hey, go sleep with your wife. Yeah, just go have a go have a night out." And he's like, "No, he was a good man." And then he killed him and sent him. The, so yeah, it's like there is the Bible is so littered with sinners. Yeah, bad ones. Yeah, not just like your everyday Joel Osteen. Perfect Christian, you know. Well, and the, and I think that's the that's one of the and this is kind of getting off the getting off the path here, but I think for a lot of non-believers, they I don't know they they get the Bible so misconstrued, and I would assume have this idea. Well, heck, this is this was my thought because I was so Bible illiterate before I was a believer, and I'd been in church for so long. But it's like, oh, you know, God is God takes these these perfect, these perfect people. And, and then it's like, those are the people that he uses in all these stories and all these Bible stories. He uses the, the elite. And it's like, no, God takes these filthy, dirty, rotten, no good pig stealing. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Yellow belly. (laughs) 
Um, gosh. Dude, that's something like Paul Washer, dude. That's like a redneck Paul Washer, what you just said. <laughs> no, it's from, it's from Holes. No good. No, I know, but Paul Washer says, God, there's no great men. The last sermon that he just did at, a, I don't know what it was, conference, but there was a conference that he did. And the Secret Star Conference? Yeah. Coming in 2023? No. <laughs> um, he said, there's no great men of God. Yeah. And he just literally, he's like, there's only like, faithless word like he just Dude, he ma- goes in. like men that god uses yeah and cr- like creates in them a new heart yeah. you know and that's that's what god does and he if he starts that work in you he will bring it to completion here's another here's another text that god what god promises that what he starts he will finish mm-hmm. romans eight twenty five through 30 says this but if we hope for what we do not see we wait for it with patience Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and those whom he predestined, he also called and those whom he called, he also justified and those whom he justified, he also glorified. I, I don't know why it's, it's just now hitting me, but in, in verse 25, um, we wait for it with patience and that's very easy to say. I think that is one of the hardest things for me anyway, as a believer to do though, yeah. to just wait for it with patience. And, and we've, we've kind of touched on this is obviously you don't neglect your responsibilities or your callings that, that have been put on your life uh, by God. But I mean, to just wait with patience and, and to, to not have anxiety over that thing. That's, tough like waiting but we're, this is <clears throat> specifically talking about uh the coming of christ yeah so i believe if i'm not wrong it's talking about waiting for the hope that's coming mm-hmm. you know how the world is groaning yeah and we wait we're waiting for that with patience but i think that we don't know because it's unseen right mm-hmm. it's literally we don't see it but if the hope for what we do not see right we do not see mm-hmm what we're hoping in. Yeah. You know, it's coming. It's not here yet. It's not before our eyes. Yeah. And so we're, we're walking through life with a confidence in the word of God. And in this is, and this is what we have to do. We have to know who he is. We have to have our confidence in him. Yeah. And even though we may not know what exactly we're doing in our life vocationally or whatever else, you know, what, what job do we, are we going to have? You know, I think a lot of people don't know that, you know, what, what am I going to do with my life? Mm. And that's, that's real, but we we're hoping and we're pursuing what God has called us to right now in this life, Yeah, you know, and that's in the scriptures. And if you don't know the Bible, then you won't know that answer. You know, if you don't read your Bible, you will not know the answer. Yeah. to that question and so you will literally be wandering around saying you're a christian and believing truly that christ is the lord and that god did raise him from the dead mm. and god did start a good work in you and he is going to bring it about to completion but 
you will have a lot of questions and you will have a hard time in this life. Yeah. If you don't know the promises of God and you don't know what you're supposed to be doing now, even though a lot of the details of your life are not sorted out yet. Mm. Yeah, because it's it's hard to love a God that you don't know. Exactly. You can't. Right. You literally can't. Yeah. So, you know, this text here, it's very clear. This is this is going right off of what the Psalms have have spoken. Um, God is our salvation. He's the one that preserves us, right? The Holy Spirit is praying for us. Now, this this is interesting. You know, the Holy Spirit is praying for us when we don't even know what to pray. Yeah. And I think that's really hard to know what that even means. Yeah. But but God promises that those he foreknew and predestined will also be called. And that's talking about an earthly call, mm-hmm. right? And then once you are called and you have trusted in the Lord, mm-hmm. you're justified. Yeah. In a moment. You know, we're justified by faith alone through by the grace of God alone. And when you're justified, you're glorified. So there's this logical timeline that those who God foreknew and predestined, that has happened before the creation of the earth. And then those who are called, that's happening on the earth. And those who are justified, that's happening on the earth. And then when we're glorified, that's happening after Christ comes back. You know, we're going to be raised from the dead and God is going to bring us, reunite our our soul and and body. Mm. You know? Um, and we will be glorified. We will have a perfect body. We will have no more sin nature. We won't have the desire to sin. You know, this timeline is completely thorough. It's perfect. It's exhaustive. And so if we trust in what Christ did for us on the cross, we can confidently trust that God will preserve us, that he will hold us fast till he returns. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, I mean, we have to remember and, and keep in mind Psalm 25 that None who wait on the Lord will be put to shame. Right, as we that was the first verse that we was read. The first thing know? we talked about. Um, if we wait, wait on the Lord, we hope in the Lord, we will not be put to shame. Yeah, and another promise that we see um, from God in in regard to waiting is waiting on His return. Right, and a lot of that waiting again is is patience. It's patience even in suffering. In in James five uh, seven through twelve, it says. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brothers, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth, or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation." Yeah, so very clearly that the Lord is is coming back. And Titus 2, 13 through 14 says, Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people 
for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. And this is the promise to Abraham, that God promised Abraham that he was going to bless the world um, by by his offspring, that he was going to bless Abraham with a people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And this people from every tribe, tongue, and nation is the people that Christ gave himself for, to redeem. And he promised to purify this people for himself, that they would be a possession for himself. Um and that they would they would walk in good works. And so we wait, we're now in this waiting period. Mm-hmm. We've been in this waiting period since the Bible was written. You know, we're, we're talking 2,000 years ago almost, yeah. that the end is near, that t- that type of ideology. Mm-hmm. this The end is coming, Christ is coming back. And so yeah. we're waiting, and we wait eagerly eagerly for that day. Yeah. Even though we don't know when it's going to be. No. <laughs> but guess what? All the other promises of God have, have proven true. Yeah. Christ promised, or God promised Christ. He promised a Savior. A Savior came mm-hmm. and historically actually lived on the earth, actually died, and actually risen yeah. from the dead. And he's ascended to the right hand of God right now, where, where he is seated and he is coming back, you know, and that's a promise and it's it's going to happen. Yeah. And so how we're living today should be waiting eagerly. We shouldn't be afraid. We shouldn't be scared that the, that Christ is coming back, and a lot of people are, but we shouldn't. It's it's going to be a glorious day for Christians. Yeah. But we should be eager, and we should be doing the things that God has called us to do right now on this earth mm-hmm. while we're waiting. Yeah. Patiently. This waiting. I mean, one of the one of the underlying questions is, you know, how do we wait for the Lord? It's not like this lazy, we, I mean, we kind of hit on this earlier. It's it's not a lazy, just a do nothing type of waiting. Right. Like you're waiting for like a bus or a train or somewhere. You're just kind of sitting there and you're like, oh, here's a rock. I can I can kick. And then I'll walk over there and kick it back. You know, it's, it's an active type of waiting. It's a waiting that's filled with the steadfastness and, and the seeking of his face. I mean, we... We wait for the Lord while simultaneously obeying his commands he has set in place for us. Right. And we, we continue to follow his commands, gathering with the saints. We, we go to church. We should. Um, we study his word. We pray. And the Bible says to pray without ceasing, mm. you know, as we're, doing, as we're in waiting. Yeah. And we see that example very clearly in the Psalms as David prays constantly. Simply, we just continue to do what he's called us to. Yeah. You know? Even when we're in this waiting period, we're we're trusting that whatever feelings or emotions or or problems um, that seem to be insurmountable in our lives, that God will keep His promise to us as He says He will. Yeah. So I really hope that this has been um, encouraging to you. I know that this is a topic that needs to be spoken about more. We need yeah. to hear more sermons about this. We need to talk about this together. We need to encourage each other to wait, mm-hmm. uh, wait for the Lord. And not just a cliche thing, just saying that, but we're trusting in the character of God. We're trusting that God is who he says he is in the scriptures. Yeah. And that his promises will not return void to him. That His everything that he promises will come to pass. We should wait patiently and eagerly for the coming of Christ. We should, we should expect God to continue the work that he's done within us. And that if you've trusted in Christ, that you're saved. Mm-hmm. You know, we should, we should hold fast to those and continue to wait while we're doing the things that God has called us to. Yeah, we we shouldn't use this as a as kind of a default response to a brother or a sister who's 
um, who's experiencing a hard time and just, you know, kind of fall back on. Oh, your brother has cancer. Oh, looks like you just need to wait her out. Just need to wait on the Lord. No, pray with him. Yeah. Do what he's, and and let's say that person's brother died. Weep with him. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't just brush tragedy off. Yeah. No. Yeah. We, and we don't say this as just like, uh, I don't know what else to tell you type of thing. It's like, no, this is, this is a genuine thing to, to tell someone to, Hey, wait on the Lord as, as a privilege. It's hard to hear when you're the person in, in those shoes and someone tells you, well, you just got to wait on the Lord because the mindset can be like, no, I'm, I'm going to take matters in my own hands, but no, we, we need to wait on the Lord. We're, we're called to wait on the Lord. And, you know, I think one thing that we haven't really mentioned is the fact that there are things that we need to wait on the Lord for that the Lord never promises to us, right? Like he never promises we're going to be married. Yeah. He never promises that our brother won't die of cancer. Yeah. My brother died of cancer. He never promises that you you will have many children. Right. He, he never promises you will get married, mm-hmm. you know? He never promises you will finish school. He never promises that you're going to have this great career. Yeah. You know. So I don't think when we're we're talking about those types of things, guess what? We still wait on the Lord. We yeah. trust in his goodness, that yeah. we trust that he is sovereign over all things. Mm-hmm. So it all goes back to his character. Every single problem, every single thing we we're dealing with in this life ultimately goes back to who God is. And that's how we can continue in this faith. Yeah. You know, because otherwise, if we don't know that God is sovereign, we will just be thrown around by life. Right. So I want to close with this Romans 5, 1 through 5. It says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our affl- afflictions. Because we know that affliction produces endurance, endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. And this hope will not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Yeah. Amen. We hope this was encouraging. It was helpful. If you have any response, any issues, feel free to reach out. We're always open to... Um, hearing those things, hearing and we just corrections. we just love to talk to you. Um, if you want to send us a message, we'll try our best to respond to those. Also, if you have a friend who's struggling with specific things, you know, and maybe this was helpful to you, send that over to them. Yeah, you know, we really are using this podcast as a ministry, and we find stuff that's helpful to us, and we want to share it with with you guys. So, hopefully, this was helpful, and we'll see you next time. Where can you? Where can they find us, Grant? They can find us on. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, really any um, podcast streaming platform. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram just to stay up to date for when we release new episodes on Facebook as well. We post to both of those things. Yeah, give us a follow, give us a like, shoot us a message if you're encouraged or if you're discouraged. But until then, see you. Peace. Seeker Stars! This has been a Manifold Ministries podcast. For more content, 
visit us at manifoldministries.com.